0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation, chapter 14.
1: He created everything, kind of debunks the evolution that's going around right now. And then, so now the follow-up, there's another angel that comes and he says, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, the great city. Because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. When we get to uh, chapter 17 and 18, we'll talk more about Babylon Uh, in a general sense. There's there's actually there's a a religious Babylon and there's a commercial Babylon. We'll talk more about that at another time. But basically, uh, the city, it says, possibly some believe that uh, the Antichrist might have his headquarters there in uh, in Babylon, there in Iraq. It's possible. It's what, uh, but basically, it's the world system is falling. The Antichrist and the rebellion and all the false religion and all this stuff, the, the angel's saying, don't put, your bank, don't put your money in that bank because it's falling. The Antichrist's days are over. So he's proclaiming that and warning the people that his days are numbered. And, and I want to point something out before we look at the next angel. The people are going to know exactly what this means I mean, we might look at this and say, "Babylon, what's that?" And you know, we, you know, we, we're you know kind of dissecting it and saying, "Well, it's it's the world system, you know, le- led by the Antichrist." But guaranteed, this angel's going to go by. They're not going to be like Babylon. What does that mean, Babylon? Wow, cool. I don't understand. It's not, they're not going. They're going to understand. They're going to know. They're going to know exactly what it means that the system that they many people are banking in is just going to fall. The Antichrist is going to be judged. He's going to be tossed into the lake. They're going to know that judgment's coming and they're, the, this system's going to fall. And they're being warned. They know. Heard a story once of a lady went to a local convenience store. And the owner had a new parrot. And the parrot was there, and she walked by, and the and the, the parrot was just so rude to her. She was saying something like, You're ugly. You're ugly. And she's like, What? And she was walking away and she went to the owner. She says, you know, that parrot has to go. She says, "Or well, I'm not coming back. It's the rudest parrot I've ever met in my life. And the owner apologized and said, I'm so sorry, ma'am. That won't happen again. So the, the, the owner took the parrot to the side and you know, says, listen, you know, you're bad for business. If you keep it up, you got to go. And he says, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So he puts the parrot back out there. <laughs> The lady came in the next day, and sure enough, you know he's looking down. He's trying not to look at her. You know he's put his head down, (laughs) looking up like this. You know then she looks at him, and he looks up. Goes, "You're ugly. You're ugly." And it's, "Oh no." So she ran to the owner. She says, that's it. I told you I'm not coming back. He goes, no, but please give me another chance. I, I, I guarantee he will not say that ever again. So the owner takes the parrot. He takes him in the back. He puts him in the freezer for That's terrible. I'm not suggesting this. Locks him up in the freezer for just a minute or two. Takes him out, and he says, you see that chicken in there? He says, that'll be you if you say you're ugly one more time. He says, you got it? He goes, I got it. I got it. OK. So the lady comes in the very next day, and she walks by, and she's looking at that parrot. And the pair looked back, looked back to her and said, You know. <laughs> I said all that to say they'll know, they'll know that judgment's coming. It won't be something to the surprise. Okay, let's look at uh next verse, if you can. Verse nine. Then a third angel followed them. You notice the angel followed them. So there's one angel, two angels, the third angel comes out. And this is the uh, A strict warning, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out in full strength. It says they'll be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels. And it even goes on to say in the next verse, I don't have it up here, but it says, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day and night who worship the beast. So the warning goes out, don't worship this false beast. Don't worship this charismatic leader. He's not from God. Don't take the mark. I've had people ask me before, well, uh, having a credit card, does that mean we have the mark? No. This is a mark that'll be on your right hand or on your forehead, and it's coming. It's coming to a grocery store near you. It's coming. I mean, look at, you know, we even say the, our new card, right? What does it have in it? It's called a chip. And I even find myself, oh, do you have the chip machine? Some still don't have it. You have to swipe it. You go, and I would say, do you have the chip? And it's like, and I even use it. I'll tell you, you know, you know I've got the chip on my card. It says, uh, I'm not going to take it on my right hand or my forehead, though. But we're, we're set up for this we are totally set up to to have a cashless society to have a society where where people have a you know embedded chip in their hand or on their forehead and it's just it, it's we're set up and think of the security with that you can identify everybody you know you go to the airport we don't have to guess is this guy a terror? well he's on the watch list or whatever he's he's gonna let's scan his hit forehead All oh this is so-and-so no more cash I mean, I even like that. You know, I would love not carrying a wallet with credit cards and cash in it. Just, it's all done away with. You won't have it. No more, I mean, I mean, they have it today even with keyless entries. You don't even need, you know, I've seen on you know, different people, they have a chip in their hand. They just walk to their, their, their uh, door and just they slide their hand over there and don't have to carry keys anymore. I mean, it sounds like it's just so good, doesn't it? But don't take the mark. If you're a Christian today, again, I believe with all my heart, we're going to be raptured. We don't have to worry about it. Will this technology come while we're still here? It's possible, but that's possible. But if they, you know, say that you can't buy or sell without putting a, a, a mark on your forehead or on your hand, I would suggest don't do it. Because according to this text and according to this angel, this third angel, he says you will be tormented forever if you take the mark or you follow the beast, which is the Antichrist. Don't do it. But did you notice in verse 11, it talks about the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever? I believe this is the lake of fire. Another, we, it's a, you know, another general word we call it hell. There is a literal place called hell. I believe there's, there's a place in the center of the earth, and I've had people argue with me about this, but I believe out of Luke chapter 16, it talks about a place in the center of the earth, a place of torment. There's a place of comfort. Abraham's bosom, I believe Abraham's bosom was emptied. And this is what I, according to Luke chapter 16, some say, well, that's a parable. It's not a parable. It uses a name called Lazarus. It's a true story. Matter of fact, I had somebody just uh, Friday, he was asking me, he says, well, I don't believe in a literal hell. I've studied the Greek. I've studied the Hebrew and it's not. And you know, then we went back and forth. I said, well, I've studied the Greek and the Hebrew and all the words. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's different names, shield, and there's other names. I get that. But let me take you to Luke chapter 16 and try to explain to me if there's a place of torment. He's just kind of looking at it. He says, well, uh, you know, let's just look at the face value. They goes to a place. There's a separate place. There's a rich man. There's a man Lazarus. They go to separate places in the center of the earth. There's a, a schism between them. There's a chasm between them, basically. And they, one can't go to the other one. There's a place of torment and there's a place of comfort. The next time I saw him, now he's talking about a place called hell. So I think he got it. I think he believes now. He believes there's a place called hell. There's a literal place. And don't let anybody... You know, there's many Christians that don't believe that there's a literal place called hell. There is. The Bible teaches it very clearly. There is a literal place. And at the final day, when judgment comes, after the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ, hell will be emptied, the place in the center of the earth, By the way, did I mention Abraham's bosom is already emptied. Jesus, who ascended, first descended to the lower parts of the earth. He set the captives free. He took those that were in Abraham's bosom, and he brought them up into heaven. They're in heaven today. And now when we die, to be absent from other bodies, to be present with the Lord. Amen? Amen. After the thousand-year reign of Christ, the Bible teaches, and we'll get to that, but the Bible teaches that Satan himself will be released for a time. Do you guys know that? How many people knew that? Wow, you guys know your word. About half the room. Satan will be released for a time. You see, there's going to be people that are going to dwell during the millennial period that there are going to be some that aren't even believers that will make it through the tribulation period and they'll be there in their human bodies and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll have like forced righteousness. Christ will reign, will reign with him as kings and priests. But then after a thousand years, and this baffles my mind, it says Satan will be released, Right? And basically, he's going to you know, tempt these guys one last time, and all those that follow him, that's it. That's, they're done. And then Satan and the false prophet and all the followers and those that are in the center of the earth in torment, they will be cast into the lake of fire, lake of fire which we're reading about for all the eternity. Nobody, nobody should go there. Jesus is the way out. He's the only way out. My question to you: Do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? He's the only way to heaven. Your works won't work; they won't bring you to heaven. You can be as good as you want, but you know what your your righteousness adds up to in the face of God? Filthy rags. Your best without Christ. Your best. I, I'm I'm recently talking to someone like that. He, and I'm telling him he thinks he can earn his way to heaven. I'm like, no, do you understand? The Bible teaches even your best are as filthy rags. The, the word filthy rags is a, is a, a menstrual rag. That's, a, forgive me for being disgusting, but that's what it means. Your righteousness, your good works without Jesus, apart from Jesus Christ, you can add it all up. You can go to heaven and say, I did this. I fed the poor. I even, you know, I I, I was burned for you. I even died for you. I I did everything for you. And you add it all up and you bring it to God and you say, can you let me in heaven because I did all these great things. And God will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Because you're just bringing all the good stuff that you've done. But what about all the bad things that you did? You need atonement for it. You need forgiveness for it. And only one died for that sin, and that's Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you've not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've not repented of your sin, today is the day of salvation. Today, hear His voice. We're reading about a literal place called hell. It's not make-believe. It's a real place. I'd like to take the rest of our time. If you can skip down to verse 13 with me, please. And it says, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. There's going to be many that will be martyred because they don't take the mark. And if you don't take the mark during the time of the tribulation, you will be beheaded according to the Bible. You'll be killed for your faith. So this is an encouragement for those that are living in that day. They're going to be able to read this, and they're going to read this. And those that have faith in Jesus, they're going to read this during that time, and they're going to read, it's going to say, blessed are you who die right now From this time forward, they're going to see, wow, I just saw the angel. I saw the second angel. I I saw the third angel. And wow, what is going on? And they're going to be able to go right to this text. And they're going to be able to to just see exactly what's taking place. And they're going to read this. And it's going to be so encouraging to them. They're going to read, wow, there's a blessing when I die. Because I'll probably have to die for my faith right now. But listen what it says. Their labors, that's works. The, The works that they were doing as believers. It says, and their works their labors and their works, and other, you know, as they're laboring and doing the work of the Lord, follow them. And you might say, well, what does that mean, follow them? Well, what happens when something, when you have a dog, you go into the house and your dog follows you in, guess where the dog's at? He's in the house, right? Real simple. In other words, they're saying, you're, you're, you're going to go to heaven, so you're going to be blessed. And you know why? All your labors, everything you did for the Lord is going to just follow you right into heaven. And there's going to be rewards that are going to follow you for all eternity for everything you did for Jesus Christ. And as we talk about faith that works and having faith that works and having a a faith that that gives you such a heart to do the things of the Lord, let me remind you, we have the same blessing as these tribulation saints have. When we get to heaven, guess what? Our works follow us, meaning everything that we did for Christ is just going to follow us into heaven. And there'll be rewards for all eternity. And I want to encourage you that are ministering for the Lord, continue, good and faithful servant. Don't grow weary. One day we're going to step into heaven and we're going to, our works are going to follow us. Those, those things that we're, we've done for Christ, they're all going to follow us. I don't personally do good things because I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm getting cha-ching in heaven. I don't, I don't do that. I don't know if anybody here does. It's not like I'm doing this. <laughs> I want to get a reward in heaven. I, I don't really think that way, but it's nice to hear that that's what's going to happen. It's going to follow us. It'll be with us for all eternity. My wife and I, we went to Starbucks Thursday night, and I'm there at the counter. I forget what you know. She ordered, a, I think he got barbecue potato chips, didn't <laughs> you? Something. <laughs> Not that that mattered. It just came in my mind. I don't know why. <laughs> so I'm up at the counter there, and a guy walks in. And he walks right up to me. he goes, how you doing? I'm thinking, wow, someone from church. I said, I'm doing great. And I go, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing great too. And he says, he says you still recording? And I says, uh, no, no, I'm not recording. And he goes, he says, well, you still playing? And I go, no, no, I think you have me confused with someone else. I, you know, I, I don't play an instrument, I, I don't play. He goes, he goes, really? He goes, wow, he says, he says, you look like somebody. He says, I don't even know. He says, you just have, you know, this is him talking. He says, you got like this something about you. He's like, looks like you're like a rock star or <laughs> something. I'm like, no. <laughs> I, don't, I might have to get my hair cut, though. I mean, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. And I said, no. And I says, no, I'm not. I'm don't play in a band. And he says, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And he goes, really? No way. And I said, yeah. And I says, well, actually, you know, I pastor the church right over, and I point over to the, the building. Here. I said, the, you know, the old red onion nightclub. He goes, that's a church? And I go, yeah, it's a church. <laughs> he goes, can I check it out? He say, yeah, come on. And so we, we went over to this building here. We're showing him around. And he's just, I mean floored and excited i'm like wow and he's you know looking at our sound system everything too that he's looking at that you know and finally i got a chance to in the fellowship hall we were alone for a while and he says you know i i know it's no mistake that i ran into you and and i says why i know for sure it's not a mistake and he says no i i believe this is a divine appointment i said yeah i believe the same thing and he just started sharing some things that are heavy heavy things that are going on in his life and with tears in his eyes and and it turned into a, a huge counseling appointment. We were just, you know, the Lord was ministering to him in a special way. Finally, at the end, you know, I said, can I pray for you? He says, absolutely. And then he started crying out to the Lord. And can I tell you, that's what I live for? See, I've been called to be a pastor, teacher, and I, I live for things like this. I, I live to be able to minister to people, and God has equipped me to do that, and let me tell you, after that time, after talking to him, it was just like, it felt like my, you know, my battery was recharged again. I was just like, whoa, Lord, his presence was just there. The Bible talks about when we water others, he waters us. Proverbs 11.25, it says, the generous soul will be made rich. I think, yeah, you can probably take that in a material way, but in a spiritual way, when we're generous spiritually, we're made rich. And then it goes on, and he who waters will also be watered himself. It's almost as if we, we pour out. We can't pour out enough because God just keeps pouring in and pouring in and pouring into us. My question to you, are you pouring out with your life? Are you pouring out? Are you being poured out, using the gifts and the talents that God's given you? You see, idled hands are a devil's playground. Seriously, if you're not if you're a born-again, blood-bought saint of the living God sitting here today, and you're not ministering to others, I guarantee you're in some kind of a snag or a snare. There's something, and you might even not even admit it. You might say, well, pastor, come on. You know, I do this or do that, but that's not that big of a deal. No, well, guess what? I believe that there's a very good chance Satan has control of your life because idled hands are a devil's playground. We get in trouble if we're not doing what we're supposed to do. We're called to do minister. We're called to, to use those gifts and those talents that God has given us. And as we pour out, there's no greater thing. Because guess what? He pours right back into us. Hebrews 6.10. Most of you know this wonderful verse. We Many times we use this as an encouragement on cards for those that are in ministry. So you know this. Hopefully most have you know Hebrews 6.10. Can I see a show of hands? It's a show of hands day today. Three or four? Come on. You don't know Hebrews 6.10. Only about three or four people, five people, six people? Well, great, that's even better. Well, this is a great one. If you're giving a card to somebody and you want to encourage them and they're in ministry, this is a great one. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. So, God's not unjust to forget. God sees what you're doing. And it's an encouragement. When you're ministering to the saints, the believers, God is not unjust. He he sees the love. He sees the labor that you're doing. So be encouraged today. But check this out. Very interesting, next verse. And it says, and we desire. I believe this is Paul the Apostle that's writing this, the book of Hebrews. Uh, Some debate that, but so they're wrong. Um, But uh, (laughs) verse 11, and we desire. That was just a joke. And we desire, we desire that each one of you, that's you, show the same diligence, show the same, can we say the word together? Diligence. Diligence. Each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope. And this is a killer right here. Until the, can we say it? Until the end. And to explain himself, he goes on to say that you do not become sluggish. And it says, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So so Paul's saying, I don't want you to be sluggish. I I don't want you to check out. I don't want you to to give in. I don't want you to say, I had enough of this ministry stuff. I don't want you to say, well, it's just too much for me. I I want you to imitate those that through faith and patience are on fire for Jesus and doing the things that they're, they're called to do and be encouraged. And I believe many people have become sluggish. They, they 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 start things in ministry, and they get all gun ho and we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, you know, okay, well, we're not going to do this, 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 but uh, maybe if I have time, I can do this. And I just want to encourage you, be faithful in the little things that God calls you to do. Don't become sluggish. I think one of the biggest things I've seen over the years in ministry, one of the, probably the one of the biggest things that people become sluggish or they check out in ministry is because of other people. They're like, well, they said this or they did that or they didn't do this or they should have done that and they could have done that and they possibly shouldn't have said this. And I, you know, I just don't want that anymore. And I see it time and time again. I see it all the time in ministry. I see people just, you know, over and over that they just check out and it, they become sluggish. And Paul the is telling us, don't be sluggish. Have full assurance of hope until the end. Do those things that God's called you to do. Because you're going to stand before the maker of heaven and earth, your Lord, your God, the, the one that created you, the one that saved you, the one that sent his only son to die for you. You're going to stand before him one day. I'm going to stand before him one day. And I don't want him to say to anyone, um, did you, how, how come you, well, let's, what it Boy, you had all kinds of talents. Look at all of this. Wow. Uh, did you know you had all these? Well, yeah. <laughs> really? You didn't use them. <laughs> Look at all these. You didn't you didn't use them. Well, you know, this person, you know, you you don't know that person that I had to deal with, you know. Is it and really so you didn't use the gifts I blessed you with and gave to you and asked you to use them with full assurance and diligence because of another person? that I wanted to use in your life to mold and shape you and make you more like me. We have a faith that works, but are we allowing that faith to work? Our faith works. We don't have dead works. As a believer, you don't have dead works. Be encouraged. The gifts and the talents are given to you by our Lord, and he wants to bless them, and he wants you to use them. And he wants to develop you in those gifts. And he wants to give you more gifts. And he wants to use you. We're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. The devil's a liar. And you hear a lot in the news that, you know, this election is rigged. You hear a lot of that, which is, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, I believe. There's a lot of things going on that's rigged. But you know it's rigged for us. You know that? We're told that we have a a defense attorney. That's Jesus Christ, right? Well, guess what? His Father's the judge. (laughs) His Father's the judge. Little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. The advocate is a defense attorney. He's related to the judge. I don't know if you read it in the news, but they're related. It's rigged. So, when we mess up, we go to the cross, we confess it before the Lord, we're forgiven of our sin. And then the prosecuting attorney is, is the adversary who accuses us day and night before the throne of God. He's accusing you. And then God looks over, the judge looks over at, his, over at the, the defense attorney He says, Hey, son, is it true? He says, Yeah, but they went to the cross. They're forgiven, they're declared innocent, they're justified. It's under the blood. And the father says, declared innocent, case dismissed. I don't know about you, but I feel that's a beautiful thing. If anything's rigged, it's rigged for us. I feel sorry for the devil. And I want to close with this, encouraging you. We have a faith that works. All we need to do is go to the cross, ask for forgiveness, turn from our sin, give it to him, and walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit that God has for us. Be encouraged. We have a faith that absolutely works.
0: You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now. At 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peters Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.